Welcome to Spotlight on Stigma, a podcast series from the Great Lakes PTTC that focuses on the efforts to reduce stigma associated with behavioral health disorders. We know that four out of five people with a substance use disorder do not seek treatment out of fear of negative consequences at work or fear of negative judgments from friends. The stigma associated with behavioral health disorders, including substance misuse, can be the one thing that prevents an individual from getting the help that they need. But there's reason to be hopeful. Prevention practitioners have found that different sectors of the community can play a critical role in reducing the impact of stigma. Today, we're going to explore one of those sectors, first responders. I'm Rachel Pascal, and today I'm joined by Christopher Menapace. Thank you, Rachel, and good morning. I'm glad to be here. Thanks. So, Chief Menapace, during your time as Spire Chief, you created a program called Safe Station, which stands for Stop Addiction for Everyone at your fire station. Can you tell me what this program was all about? Absolutely, Rachel. Uh, basically, in a nutshell, it is a 24-hour a day, seven-day-a-week um, fast track to intake for detox. Um, it provides a safe environment for those that are suffering from substance use disorder that can walk in. Uh, they don't need an appointment. They don't need prior arrangements. Um, they just walk right into the firehouse and we, uh, you know, do a quick assessment on them and make sure that they are appropriate. Uh, depending on, you know, what their substance use is, how often they use, when was the last time they utilized, um, are they medically stable or are they have they overdosed and just don't know it yet. Uh, we make all those assessments as paramedics. Um, we do a brief mental health assessment. Uh, we seize and destroy personal use levels of the product. Um, so, you know, we take a little bit of heroin they have, we take the needles, we take the paraphernalia, the pipes and everything else, uh, depending on, you know, whatever, whatever their substance of their drug of choice is. So, um, and basically again, we are a 24 hour a day triage to intake to get them to detox. And why was this program needed in your community? What led you to set it up in the first place? So Ohio is the... Uh, back in when we set it up and we, when we, when we started to have this concept, uh, Ohio was ranked number two, uh, unfortunately, uh, just right behind West Virginia for overdose deaths and overdoses as a whole. Uh, Franklin County, Ohio is where Whitehall is located. Uh, and we were constantly in the top five worst counties, uh, in the second worst state. So, we thought as a public safety agency that uh, we needed to intervene. So at the peak of the program, while you were still fire chief, how many people were you seeing in a week? Uh, 16 to 18 a week was a, was a very average week. Uh, we had some, uh, I mean, that was our average. There were weeks that we saw 24, 26 people. Uh, the most I ever uh, remember at one time is we had eight people at once uh, in and around the lobby and in the, in the bay, just waiting their turn to be processed. It's obvious just talking to you that you're really passionate about this work. How did you get the rest of your firefighters on board? So again, uh, um, first of all, it's a paramilitary organization. So when the, when the leader, uh, the guy with the brass on his collar uh, says, hey, I have this 
idea and I like to do it. And guess what? You get to help. Um, it happens. That's just the way paramilitary organizations work. Um, but again, I was never a fist pounder and uh, a chest pounder to get my, to my men to follow. Um, so, um, I educated them. Uh, I made sure they understand how deadly our zip code was. I made sure that they understood the science of addiction, because uh, that's a huge barrier. We have to make sure the treatment providers, the paramedics, that everybody involved in the addiction and recovery community truly understands the science of addiction. Um, and then I made sure that they understand, um, you know, that, you know, we took an oath and our, you know, it's very similar to a police officer's oath, but we protect and serve and we offer the communities, um, we offer our community what they need uh, and that is constantly evolving. Uh, and if you really think about it, um, we've been doing this for decades in the fire service. We just call it fire, fire prevention. We go into businesses, we look for fire extinguishers and exit lights and make sure they don't have the doors padlocked. And we go into the schools and we do fire drills and, and all this other stuff. Well, this is EMS prevention. Um, we're going to see these people and we're going to try to revive these people with Narcan and and unfortunately, they'll go into cardiac arrest and we'll try to bring them back. So rather than waiting and being reactive, why don't we do some proactive EMS and just open our door and say, hey, today's the day. If you have the courage to come in and ask for help, today's the day we'll get it for you. So we know that stigma uh, associated with substance misuse can prevent people from getting help. How is your program able to combat that stigma and get people the help that they needed? I think the the, the stigma, um, you know, it does exist within a fire house. And I think that was the biggest thing as a fire chief I had to overcome was, and again, I did it through education and I did it through, hey, listen, guys, I know you're tired. I know that you've had some difficult calls, but this person out there is just as sick and they're here in our lobby asking for help. Uh, and I gotta be honest with you, uh, um, sometimes it's tough. The timing, again, this is a 24 hour, seven day a week firehouse that has to, to we ask a lot of our firefighter paramedics. Uh, I'll give you an example. You know, I remember the one that I walked out in the lab, it was kind of spinning sideways because, um, the person in addiction got a little lippy, got a little mouthy, uh, and my guys had just come back from trying. Uh, it was an unsuccessful cardiac arrest of a three-year-old. Oh. Um, so they ended up pronouncing him at the scene and leaving him, and they got back. They didn't even have the truck completely cleaned up yet, and the safe station came into the lobby, and I was on a conference call. I was on a conference call uh, dealing with, uh, you know, I still was the chief, so I had to deal with chief levels. Um, and I, so I'm like, guys, I just can't take this patient. Um, you guys are going to have to take it. I apologize. Um, so, you know, they pulled themselves together, went out there. Well, this guy, I could see on the cameras, I saw him waves, waving his hands. I heard the loud voices. So I excused myself from the conference call, uh, called the other chief and said, hey, you got to jump on this for me. I can get out in the lobby and bail these guys out. And, uh, I was getting there just as, as the person in addiction was effing, effing my, uh, 
effing my guy. So I say, guys, I got it from here. And he looked at me, he goes, and who the hell, who are you, right? He started on me and I sat down right beside him. I said, well, I'm the guy that's going to change the tone of this meeting and get you to detox. Or I'm the guy that's going to look at you and say, get back out on the streets. I'm not going to be the guy that's going to sit here and let you cuss me. So I know you're hurting. I know you're in pain. So let's start over. Here's the first thing you need. You look pretty thirsty. Can I get you some water? And are you hungry? He kind of looked at me. He goes, what do you mean? I go, we got like five pizzas upstairs. The Domino's just dropped off. You want a couple slices? I'll give you some water and we'll start talking. And he looked at me. He goes, yeah, man, that'd be great. So I went up, got in pizza, got in the water. Boom. That was all it took. That was all it took. So what's next for the Safe Station program? I've been doing some consulting work with uh, Franklin County and uh, a little teaser. Um, we're working together and um, we're going to do a reboot. The, the ultimate goal is to accomplish what we accomplished in Whitehall. I told you the statistics earlier on in the podcast about where we were in the 10, 10 most deadliest zip codes. Uh, in both overdoses and death by overdoses. Um, that was five years in a row, you know, 2014, 15, 16, 17, and 18. We popped the program open mid-2018, uh, and when the statistics come out for the fourth quarter of 2019, just 14 months after the program opened, we had fallen out of the top 10 in both of those statistics. We were no longer in the top 10 of number of overdoses, and we were no longer in the top 10 zip codes in the county of deaths by overdoses. So um, the only thing we changed was we allowed people to come to us rather, rather than waiting them for them to overdose, and we went to them. Well, uh, Chief Beneface, I want to thank you for spending some time with us today, um, and thanks for all your years of service. I appreciate it, Rachel. Thank you so much. Spotlight on Stigma is produced and sponsored by the Great Lakes Prevention Technology Transfer Center with the support of SAMHSA and DHHS. The opinions expressed in this series are those of the speakers and do not reflect the official position of SAMHSA or DHHS. Before you go, don't forget to like us on Facebook and Twitter and subscribe to the Great Lakes Current YouTube channel for access to many more products and resources just like this.